everybody, and welcome to the latest Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm joined, as always, with um, Justin and Michael, and Michael has just literally returned from Bulgaria, so it'll be very interesting to see if he can stay awake through the show uh, after 14 hours of um, sleep trying to catch up after his flights, but we have a lot of stuff for you. And uh, you can catch us online at sknr.net. You can catch us also at our aggregate site, skewednet.net, where you're able to submit your own content. You can catch me each week on BJHA's Geek Nation on KISWFM Radio. You just simply go to KISW.com and check it out on the radio station's website, or you can catch the feed on our page. And there's also our quarterly magazine. And finally, there are the eight newspapers we appear in, which you can catch on PinalCentral.com. Just look up keyword skewed or, key, or use my first name, Gareth. You'll find the content. We just had our recap of San Diego Comic-Con go up. And we have a lot of stuff to cover this week, in addition to the big news coming out of Star Trek uh you, the Star Trek Universe at the Creation Star Trek show in Las Vegas, where we have uh, Mark on hand. We also have Ben covering Gen Con right now. We have QuakeCon coming up next week, and we have staff going on there, and we have tons of news uh, from all of those, as well as a few other things to talk about, some updates in the world of Earthfall. But before we get to that, I wanted to uh, briefly mention a few things, uh, just kind of a quick news recap, if you will. Call of Duty Black Ops 4 has its beta going on right now for the PS4. We have uh, played it as best we're able because we are lousy on the non-PC version of the game. And next week is scheduled to be the Xbox One and the PC version. So hopefully we just gave out a bunch of codes for the PS4 version. Hopefully we'll have those coming up. Rockstar has apparently uh, set an all-time record for game sales as Grand Theft Auto V has apparently hit the 100 million or is about to hit 100 million units sold, and that's pretty impressive. Fans of Star Trek Online will be very happy to note that uh, Star Trek Discovery content is coming to the free-to-play game in the not-too-distant future. And switching gears over to the DVD front, we have Riverdale, the complete season two from Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Very sharp picture and sound quality, as well as bonus features and more for those that are a fan of it. They absolutely packed the panels at uh, San Diego Comic-Con, so Lots of interest in that. Another one that uh, did very well at San Diego Comic-Con was the new animated feature from Warner Brothers Animation, Death of Superman. It is available in a very impressive combo pack on Blu-ray with a collectible figure. And if you'd like to um, get a really good updated tale of uh, Superman's epic battle that resulted in his death with Doomsday, you can definitely check that out if you like animated. And if you have children and you can't wait till the Aquaman movie comes out and you want something a little easier, you have Aquaman Rage of Atlantis from uh, Lego D- from the Lego DC line, also from Warner Brothers Home Entertainment, also with some really good picture sound quality and lots of really good bonus features. And I think this will tie, um, tie people over until Lego DC Villains releases in the not-too-distant future. And uh, lots of good stuff coming from there. Okay, guys, so switching gears, um, Michael, why don't you tell us what's coming for Earthfall? So um, Earthfall announced that they were gonna, there's going to be three additional, uh, I guess, downloadable content coming to 
um, to the game. And I think the, the greatest news of all is that it's going to be free of charge for owners of the Earthfall game already. Um, I know that we've played a lot of Earthfall with the, you know, we started out with the beta, obviously, and have, have been playing the release. Um, a lot of fun. And I think the the kind of moving away from paid DLC and moving towards, you know, free content, adding additional content. I think the beauty of this, too, too is the game itself is re- relatively inexpensive. I think it's twenty nine ninety nine currently on Steam. So not only are you getting a, a full-fledged game for a budget price, but the fact that they're also re- releasing additional content free charge, I think that's a that's a win and I think a really strong draw to the game as it is. And, and honestly, I've been having a, a great time with it, so I encourage folks who haven't tried it yet to pick it up and then the additional... Da- uh, you know, free DLC is just an added bonus for the the price of the game. Perfect. And Justin, what uh, additional information can you tell us about what we might actually see in this DLC? Uh, I believe it's a new map, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? That sounds about right. Yeah. So, um, which is pretty cool that they they're you know they're adding new maps to the game just to kind of keep it alive, and um, the fact that it's free is also a pretty good pretty good deal for the community yeah we have a full breakdown on the site so let me uh, try to give a little more to it for those who are interested in that Uh, basically you're going to get a new mode called horde you're going to get player progression new levels and weapons so this is how it's supposed to break down Um, the largest of the three maps will come in October and it'll bring significant updates including player progression and a brand new horde mode um, Horde mode basically will have players set up fortifications and hold out as long as they can as the alien forces literally come at you in waves. Uh, players will also be able to level up to 50, earning experience points, which will unlock custom weapons and new abilities. There will be two shorter DLCs, which will include new, new levels, enemies, weapons, and skins. The August DLC will call, uh, have a new level called Inferno and will reveal a vicious new enemy, uh, known as the Fire Spitter and the Fire Sapper, and sappers are always fun. And uh, then there will be other updates to follow. We have a bit of a trailer and stuff on that. Also, I wanted to mention before we uh, get into the uh, next part of the show that uh, people looking for a gaming headset, we have a lot of great companies that we deal with, and people are always asking me for you know as many different options as they can. Sennheiser just released the GSP500 multi-platform open acoustic gaming headset. Now, what you have here is a German-engineered headset that works for the PC, PS4, Xbox One, and the Macintosh system. It has a very good crystal clear microphone with noise-canceling features that can be activated with just a flip. Very comfortable, and it has a, a very good durable uh, quality to it. Uh, it's designed for extended use. Now, here's what's amazing about it. The headset is adjustable, so you can customize it to the head, the shape of your head, since everyone's got a different head. You can kind of avoid the pinch and the heat and all of that, and uh, so it's a very nice thing to have. You can pick those up anywhere. Uh, headsets are sold. I know Amazon has them, as well as other outlets, and uh, I think you'll be extremely impressed with it. We're hoping to have a full review up in the not-too-distant future, but make sure you check out the Sennheiser GSP-500. Okay, guys, so we had a lot of other stuff going on, and right now we're getting to that time where the conventions are ramping up. We're still recovering from Comic-Con, uh, but right now... We have the Creation Star Trek convention going on 
out uh, out in San Diego. Excuse San Diego. Excuse me, Las Vegas at the Rio. It's still going on right now, and we had a little bit of news the other day in that um, Rain Wilson came out and said, "Yeah, we're definitely going to be seeing more of Harry Mud," and he announced that they're going to be doing. As of now, at least four of these films, short films that are similar to like the Marvel one shots that they used to do on the DVDs. And then we had a big bombshell drop yesterday with Sir Patrick Stewart. And uh, essentially he came out and he did confirm the rumors that he is returning to play the role of Captain. Uh, well, he didn't say Captain, but he's he's becoming uh, returning to play the role of John Luke Picard. It's set 20 years later. And he was initially skeptical about it, but then he was blown away by the creative team that was behind it. It's coming to CBS All Access, and uh, people are really excited for it. So we'll start with you, Justin. What's your take on this, and what do you hope to see? Um, yeah, so uh, like we talked about before with a lot of these uh, uh, exclusive uh, ex- subscription-based um, streaming services, so CBS All Access definitely needs more content than just Star Trek Discovery, and I, I think it's a smart move for them to continue uh, leveraging that and, you know, uh, bringing back Patrick Stewart, it's also a really smart move, um, you know, to get him on board. I, I know that he had previously said a long time ago that uh, he was pretty much done with Star Trek and he had retired from it, but, um, you know, he is, uh, he's very healthy for his age, but he is getting up there in age, and, um, you know, if they want to uh, it'd be a good time to kind of bring back the, the cast uh, if they want to do some sort of reunion. That was the one thing I was wondering with this particular project is uh, is it just going to be um, Patrick Stewart reprising his role as John Luke Picard or are they going to be able to get some of the other um, crew uh, cast from the uh, from the original series or from TNG rather um, to come back? Which, which would also be very cool. Um, very curious to see what kind of project this is, and obviously, um, you know, it's going to be of great interest to anybody who was a big fan of TNG. And, uh, Michael, your take on this. Yeah, so I, I agree with Justin. I was kind of wondering if there was going to be maybe cameo shots from the original cast, you know, for, you know, I don't know whether they're going to bring it back as, you know, as ongoing characters or just have cameo, you know, characters in between. I'm kind of interested to see what the concept is going to be. Is he Admiral Picard now? Is he going to be, in, you know, a separate, a different ship? Is he going to be working out of Starfleet, doing other things? I mean, I think it'd be really interesting to kind of see the take on it. Um, again, I, I think for him to come out of retirement to do this, I think it would have to be uh, special enough for him to consider it and to do it. So, I, you know, I don't think he's doing it because he's looking to get back in the limelight or anything like that, particularly the fact that he, he still does a lot, you know, for his age and for everything else going on. So, uh, yeah, I hope that, that we see some cameos of the other cast, uh, maybe give some backlog as to what's been going on with him over the past 20 years, and then just kind of see what, what the concept is. I'll, I'll be interested to see how it goes. And you're right. You know, both of you, there are just so many options for this, which is just really exciting. And I think before we get into all that, what I think really helps is that there's been a fire reignited in Star Trek fans again by this announcement. I think we can safely say that some people have been very divided over the last couple of films in the alternate uh, Abrams universe. I think we can say that while there was interest, fans have been 
a little divided over discovery. I think some people were upset with the fact that in the United States it was only on a streaming service that they had to pay for, whereas uh, you know the rest of the world was getting it on Netflix. And then you had the issue with why does the technology seem to advance, so on and so forth. And they've said they're going to just do this. And now that they have you know, one guy who is centrally covering all these televised Star Treks. I think it it goes to show that th- there's been a an effort to at least say, okay, what do the fans want? What's out there? And as I was telling Justin before the show, there were a lot of reports that when they filmed, I, I've always felt that in some ways the last next generation film Nemesis was set up to fail, and my Uh, take on it was they brought in a director who didn't have a background in Star Trek and he reportedly didn't mesh well with the cast. There were stories about that he referred to like Jordy as an alien, clearly didn't understand the characters, that sort of thing. And then you had it released right between a Harry Potter film and a Lord of the Rings film, literally within days of each of the films. So it didn't do as well, and you could say, okay, well, you know, it was kind of a case of rising cost of the cast, and I've always said if they would have put it out two weeks before, it would have done quite well. Uh, you know, maybe not as good as the others, but it would have done better. And I think it was a way for CP- for Paramount just to say, okay, the, you know, the cast is getting pricey. Let's just move things along. And I do think a lot of the cast has felt that there was not the proper closure for their characters. And, um, you know, there, there's the Star Trek Deep Space Nine documentary due later this year. And one of the things that I'm really excited about is that there apparently is going to be a writer's focus where they're essentially going to say, hypothetically, if we had done another season, these are storylines that we were going to we would like to have explored. And to me, that's really interesting because once that, you know, next generation film stopped, once Voyager stopped, once Next Generation, uh, Deep Space Nine stopped, we have had nothing other than the books and the comics to tell us what has happened in that universe since that time. And like you said, uh, there was some talk years ago, and Michael Dorn has started again saying the door is still not closed on it, but he wanted to do a series on Worf, possibly getting his own ship, that sort of thing. Um, you know, there, there's limitless stories, and I think this is going to be a way for them to say, you know what happened now let's let's let me ask you this michael what are some storylines based on the previous shows that you would like to see like what were the long-term fallout effects from well you know i i kind of find it i think with the original star trek series even the motion pictures and the movies there was some i don't want to say closure but we had some idea of where the cast what happened to them you know after the the, the sixth movie I think with The Next Generation, it was always kind of up in the air. Uh, I had always kind of anticipated after the late last movie they made that there was a, there was there really should have been some closure. Um, it kind of just ended, right? I mean, the, the story's right. cut. There was no real conclusion. So I think just to tie up some of the loose story ends and some of the loose um, areas of the of the show that we just really didn't get any sort of closure on. So I, I'm kind of hoping that you know this one takes 20 years later. Maybe we will get some cameos from the cast, and that'll tie in some of the remaining stories. Like, what happened to them? You know, they just kind of just disappeared. Well, where, where, what happened, and where did we go from there? Well, you're right, because the last we saw, the Enterprise was being fixed. 
there's a new first officer. Troy and um, Riker got, you know, he's command of the Titan, and they get, they did a book series about that. Um, you know, Data was starting to reemerge in B4. We don't know what happened with Worf. We don't know what happened with Geordi, and we don't know what happened with Troy or Wesley or any of them, and it was all just kind of left up to the expanded universe to fill in. Uh, before I go into some of my, my points and what I'd like to, Justin, do you have any that you'd like to contribute? Well, uh, I'll be completely 100% honest. Um, I, I've really... I'll just be completely honest. I, I have uh, not really been a huge Star Trek fan myself growing up. Um, Sacrilege. I know. So I, I had a tough time admitting that. Um, I have not actually seen much of uh, TNG. I've seen all the movies. Um, but uh, so, so for me, you know, I've... My interest in Star Trek started uh, rather recently, so um, really, kind of just anything uh, that they do, I, I'm kind of interested in just seeing how it goes. I I'm not completely oblivious to everything that happens in Star Trek or, or in TNG, but uh, I you know I I don't have any particular one or another kind of thing that I would like to see or not like to see. Um, I'm just sort of generally interested in seeing the direction that they go with. Oh, that sounds good. Now, this is these are just some brief things here, and I'll I'll try to you know pose them in a way that wouldn't do any spoilers. But if we're going twenty years down the line, in addition to what happened with various characters, I think there are certain things that I definitely uh, I'm really excited over. Like for one, we need to know if do the Borg ever manifest themselves as, ser- as a serious threat after what happened at the end of Voyager. Um, who is the new threat to the Federation? You know, did the events of the Dominion War give the Federation and the Romulans, and as we saw hinted at Nemesis, are these two factions at some kind of peace right now, or at least not as hostile toward one another? Um, You know, one that I've always been fascinated over is what happened with the Dominion at the end of the war? You know, it was all over. We know there were treaties, but you know, uh, what happened with the Jem Hadar? What happened with the uh, the whole uh, Gamma Quadrant? And did we have an issue with uh, the Dominion biding their time and reasserting themselves or anything like that? You know, did some new threat come in? Uh, you know, what new worlds came into the Federation? You have all of these storylines. What new technologies are out there now? You know, do they have a way? Did they ever get quantum slipstream sorted out so they could pop over to the Delta Quadrant whenever possible? And I think... That's the beauty of it. There's just a wealth of possibilities. And I think, for me, that was kind of what I think will work best. Um, there was an idea years ago for a Star Trek series. And I, I got to admit, I, I thought the idea was intriguing. And what they were going to do is they had this idea that there was going to be a new advanced ship. And it comes across this planet. And it's, oh, I want to say it's like 16 months away at high warp. It's like or two years away, it was, you know, out there. And they come across this race that is basically kind of like, I think they adapted a version similar for a story in Voyager, but the idea was that this race was kind of like the Borg of their time. They were extremely advanced. Um, not so much now, because the, the ship is able to hold them off, but they have the numbers. And the idea was it was about this ship essentially trying to protect this newly discovered race uh, against this new threat, 
knowing reinforcements were at least two years away. And I thought, you know, that's a great idea, but what happens when the reinforcements arrive? You know, eventually the reinforcements are going to get there. You don't have a story at this point. And then we heard about a year or so ago, that, or two years ago, that there was talk about a, a, essentially a Starfleet search and rescue vehicle. And I thought, okay, that could be interesting as well. That had to respond to, like, all those disasters that happen on ships and bases. But um, I think we can safely say that there has just been a ton of new possibilities opened. And I think that interest in Star Trek is definitely going to take a huge uh, leap. Um, did you guys hear what's happening with the Orville? I haven't, no. It, well, apparently Sir Patrick Stewart's going to make a, an appearance on the Orville. And they're Interesting. All, yeah, well, you know, considering he works with Seth quite a bit on American Dad and stuff, it's. Uh, I, I wondered how long that was going to take. But apparently uh, Jonathan Frakes has talked about the episode that he recently directed. And apparently there is going to be quite a lot of um, cameos on that show. And we have heard that, like, Marina Sirtis is going to be appearing on an episode of the um, Orville, as well as some of the others. You know, Robert Picardo is set to come back. And uh, it, it's just it's very interesting to hear the names that are coming out. Um, there apparently Ted Danson is going to appear on the show. And they talked about, you know, Marina, like on this one episode that he recently directed, and I'll see if I can get it exactly right, but it's, as it was told to me, it's going to have F. Murray Abraham, um, Ron Canada, Tony Todd, Ted Danson, and Marina Sirtis, directed by Jonathan Frakes. And that's going to be one episode of the Orville coming up this year. Well, let's not forget Charlize Theron was already on the Orville as well. I mean, exactly. <laughs> get some big name, big names to go along with the show. Right, and and as according to the you know, and the new trailer looks really good. The only problem is we all have to wait till December to see it. But what really intrigued me was when they revealed the new trailer at Comic Con. My wife said it looks like Fox has really spent a lot of money on it because you could see some of the you know uh, the effect shots of the planets and some of the shots really look like they upped the effects budget for this season. So really, really happy to see how that all plays out. Okay, guys. So moving forward. Uh, stepping away from Star Trek, we should close this week with a little event happening down in Texas next weekend. So, Michael, what can you tell us is going to be coming up in the Lone Star State? Uh, what is coming up in the Lone Star State? I don't know. Sorry. Oh. I think my I think my uh, travel time is catch up today. Uh, QuakeCon. Oh, QuakeCon. Yes, that's right. So we have QuakeCon, and what uh, can you tell us about what we uh, can look forward to next weekend? Well, I mean, QuakeCon is always uh, – it's surprising that QuakeCon has continued to be as popular as it has, considering how long it's been going. Uh, but obviously the nice thing about QuakeCon is not only has it become a opportunity for um, you know the, the tournaments, which is kind of what started it, but also Bethesda tends to – tease some things and potentially really give us some ideas of what's coming um they've kind of turned it into i don't want to say an e3 spinoff but it does tend to have that that role um with some of the new stuff coming so with QuakeCon, we always kind of get an opportunity to, to kind of see what what is new on the horizon so obviously i'm, I'm looking forward to what they're going to be showing this time yeah and uh, justin what are your comments on this please yeah so uh i mean 
just to give a little history, yeah, QuakeCon started um, a long time ago, and it was more of a kind of, uh, you know, tournament-style uh, event, so where competitions uh, through Quake and uh, a lot of Quake's other properties. and Doom and stuff like yeah, that. and it still has that, so there are competitions for their uh, for their competitive shooters, but um, Bethesda has sort of also sort of leveraged QuakeCon as a as an exclusive event of their of theirs to show off um, properties coming out. Um, usually centered on ID, just because it is ID's event. Um, so this time uh, we will be seeing um, Doom Eternal's. Um, which is the sequel to the uh, 2016 Doom game, um, which I am absolutely thrilled to see because at E3 we got a bit of a teaser and they they essentially said that uh, we would see uh, gameplay and have more detail at QuakeCon. So this coming weekend we should be able to see some gameplay of that, um, get some some details. Hopefully we'll get a uh, release date or at least a, a window to expect a release for for the Doom game. Um, I am stoked. Uh, Doom twenty sixteen is probably my favorite shooter that's come out in quite a long time. So I am really looking forward to seeing what uh, what they have to show on, in terms of Doom Eternal. As far as other games, um, they might show uh, some other Bethesda uh, properties. I I'm not sure if they uh, they show Bethesda specific games at QuakeCon. I, I can't really quite remember, but um, yeah, it is Bethesda specific. Oh, I, I know, but I, I just don't know if, like, Bethesda uh, Game Studios uh, will show... I, like, I, I'm not sure if uh, Fallout uh, 76 will be there. Or... Oh, yeah, any anything that they publish. Oh, okay, so, yeah, there's, so there's a good chance we, we'll see other Bethesda properties at, at QuakeCon as well. But I think the big star of the show is probably going to be uh, Doom Eternal. Yep. Well, here's basically the outline that we have, and uh, just real quickly I'll go over this. There'll be a keynote address featuring the reveal of Doom Eternal on Friday, August 10th. On Saturday, August 11th, there'll be a Fallout 76 panel and fan Q&A with uh, Todd Howard. Uh, There'll, of course, be the eSports tournaments. And then, of course, you'll have panels. And this is just a very light uh, breakdown of what is going to be happening. But they have panels on things from Doom Eternal, Rage 2, Quake Champions, Prey, and, of course, you know, People are going to expect something of Fallout. Now, whether or not we're going to see anything additional, it's hard to say. Um, but I would think we will because this is their show. This is their time to shine. And just the way scheduling is coming out, usually, like, for example, this one particular show often happens earlier in the year sometimes. But we're about to have a lot of you know game news just literally slammed at us one after the other. We have QuakeCon coming up next week. On August 21st, you have Gamescom starting in uh, Cologne, Germany. And then on August 31st, you have PAX West happening up in Seattle. So, you know, this is when people are start. I've already started having people coming to me going, what are the reveals going to be? And I'm like, well, PAX normally isn't where you get the major reveals, but this is where you get, um, you know, there are certain titles that we saw at E3 that we might get a more in-depth gameplay of. We might get new builds of the game to try. We might get, you know, some stuff like that. Uh, But Gamescom, you know, again, maybe going to get reveals, maybe not. We've had years where people, you know, raised eyebrows when, uh, oh, hey, Sony's not going to be here. What's going on? And their attitude was, 
uh, well, we're here, we're just not doing a showcase because we said what we had to say at E3. But I think you can see, you have three major conventions coming up here. We're going to definitely get a good look at some of these things that have been announced. We might get some more announcements. And, you know, of course, everybody's always asking me, are we going to get to see the new gameplay for Red Dead Redemption 2? And I'm at my response is always anything's possible at this point. So finally, uh, Justin, why don't you tell us uh, what Valve has got coming up when the big news, because everybody's been waiting patiently for something new from them. And they basically said, yep, we do have something for you. Yeah, so um, there, Val's in the headlines uh, recently because they announced that they will be at Gamescom this year. Um, now, it's hard to really get super excited about uh, Valve attending some of these events uh, just because it's been so long since they've released a, a game. Um, and, you know, the, the joke has always been that like Half-Life 3, uh, people are always looking for some sort of, uh, like, reason to, to believe that Half-Life 3 is, is coming out, and, uh, so, you know, it's, it's hard to, like, get, get your hopes up just because it's been so long, but, uh, you know, them attending an event, that is actually kind of big news, um, now what they're actually showing, obviously, we'll have to wait and see, um, they did say recently that they are going to be having a video game focus again that one of the reasons that we haven't really seen software come from valve uh for quite some time was because they had a hardware focus in the last several years uh with the steam controller with the the steam link um and some other uh hardware related projects that they were able to, to successfully release um as well as you know some hardware integration with steam itself um with VR and other controller support and upgrading the UI and all those types of things. So, it, you know, it, they haven't had a video game focus in some time. I think people have gotten used to that. So I am curious to see what they show. Um, you know, the last time that they had a, a video game announcement, it was a, it was a card game that was related to Dota. Um, people kind of got their hopes up for it being something else, but it ended up being, you know, just a card game and was people weren't quite as excited about that. Uh, as you know, one of their larger properties, but uh, you know, you never know. It might be you know, it might be one of their elusive three games. Uh, people tend to make the joke that Valve is afraid of the number three because all their franchises are right now sitting at uh, number two um, in their respective titles. So, um, uh, Left for Dead Three, a Portal Three. You know, I would love to see anything come from Valve, obviously. Uh, so I, I'm curious to see what they show at, at uh, Gamescom. Um, you know, who knows? They might uh, sort of surprise us all. Yep. And Michael, do you have anything to uh, close us out with today? Yeah. So I, I, to tie into that, I, I think they did confirm they are going to show Artifact, which is their card game. You know, Richard Garfield did it. The the kind of the brains behind Magic: The Gathering. I, I almost wonder if, if Steam, if Valve's getting into the game that into the card game genre a little bit late. I mean, there are a number of both digital and, you know, analog, if you want to call it that way, uh, card games already on the market. Um, so they're coming into it. I don't, I don't know if the designer, yes, makes it exciting. Um, it is based on their Dota franchise, which has been big for them, obviously. Um, but again, I think if people were hearing that Valve is working on a game, 
um, unless they're going to be releasing Artifact 1 and 2 and then announce a third game of some other type. Um, I think they're I think it was kind of a disappointment for a lot of folks. I like collectible card games, digital, uh, playing with friends. It doesn't really matter. Am I particularly excited about a Dota version of a card game? Eh, it's interesting. I, I probably will in, enjoy it. I'll probably play it. But kind of like what Justin was saying, I think when people hear that Valve is working on, a, on some sort of software title, they really want to see one of their beloved franchises get another release. You know, I kind of, I kind of, uh, tie Valve kind of like Amazon, right? Um, Amazon started off with books, but then they obviously became a major retailer. Now they're starting to get more into movies and and, and video video content. Valve was kind of the opposite. They started with the uh, video games, and then they allowed them to move into a digital storefront. They kind of became the digital storefront leader, um, and they've been able to kind of rest on those laurels, I think, for a long time. Um, and, and I think at some point it would be nice for them to get back to the roots, get back into the video game industry, which kind of is what put them on the map, uh, and, and release maybe something that other folks have been kind of waiting for for a while. So I guess we'll wait and see if there's anything else up their sleeves. Yeah, and that's going to be it. Uh, definitely, you know, it's, it's kind of a wait and see because we're at the time of year where it's all out there. Uh, hoping we have some really interesting new things to um, share with you next week. I, I think Bethesda's been very open with what their plans for QuakeCon are going to be, but don't be shocked if they roll something out uh, to um, really catch attention because they've got the... They're pretty much going to have the focus of the gaming industry on them next weekend until these other conventions come out. So this is a good time for them to come out and uh, release this information, you know, give us something really to get excited over as if the stuff that they already gave us wasn't enough. I mean, that alone would be enough. But I, you know, they had such an impressive showcase at E3. I could see them saying this is the time to really just drop the other uh, hammer if there is one in holding and, you know, the trailer for Doom Eternal alone will probably be enough right there, but who knows? And that is going to do it for us this week, folks. Thank you for listening. Take care, and we'll talk to you next weekend.